Live and local, this is The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. How are you, each and every one of you today? Happy Friday, June 9th, the year 2023. We've got regional talk, football talk, hoops talk, and so much more coming your way. We couldn't get it done without my producer, James Mesh, who's inside the master control suite in the Evco Development Studios. Epco Development is a civil construction company that specializes in multi-family construction. It's on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're on KLCJ 1041 in Lake Charles, streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area, you can turn your television sets on because we are simulcast on Stadium 32.3. And 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. Well, we're one day away from the start of the Super Regional in a series with LSU versus Kentucky that the Tigers lead 57-32-1 and overall. They've won 14 of the past 20 SEC regular series against UK, including a 2-1 series victory earlier this season, April 13th through the 15th. LSU's in the NCAA tournament for the 11th straight season, the 35th time overall. Six national championships, the second most in NCAA history. They've got it going on and on. It's, it's a baseball school. Absolutely. LSU last weekend won the Baton Rouge Regional, marking the 26th regional title in program history and the Tigers' 23rd title in a home regional. The Kentucky Wildcats looking to make history. A team that hits 293 with only 51 home runs but 91 stolen bases. A team that leads the nation with a 984 fielding percentage, having committed only 34 errors all season and a pitching staff with a 4.17 cumulative ERA, which ranks number three in the SCC. A very formidable team looking to make history. They've never been to the College World Series in baseball. It's superstar talent versus team talent. No, no budding stars on the Kentucky team. LSU's got the two pick, two top picks in the upcoming MLB draft and Dylan Cruz and Paul Skeens. But Kentucky just kind of chips away, chips away, chips away. Anthony Renato will join us. One question I have for Renato, with a team that likes to play small ball, keep put the ball in play, bunt the ball, advance runners over, what does that do to a picture? How is whoever is going to start game one and – as you heard in the two-minute drill, you got to be very careful. You you want Paul Skeens in the game, obviously. You want to get out to a one-zip start, obviously. But what if weather becomes a factor? 
much like it did game two of the regional. When Ty Floyd went out there, all of a sudden the rains come and there's a three-hour delay and Ty Floyd's done. Now you got a piecemeal pitching staff. Boy, it's a roll of the dice. This time of the year in this part of the world, these thunderstorms pop up like out of the blue. So it's a big roll of the dice. We'll talk to Anthony Renato about that and much, much more. As LSU Kentucky get underway, you can listen to it right here on the game. Um, first pitch at 2 o'clock tomorrow. Yes, indeed. We'll talk with uh, Larry Holder, uh, who covers the NFL or the Athletic, covers the New Orleans Saints as well. Michael Thomas is back. And that's the talk of the team. That's the talk of the town. That's the talk of everything. As Michael Thomas was present at practice this week for the first time, since last September, he's still sidelined with his toe injury, um, but he spoke very, very highly of the rookies, Chris Olave and Rashid Shahid, who both had memorable breakout seasons. And Thomas said he supports them as he tries to make his own competitive return. Uh, so we'll talk with Larry Holder about all of that. Um, the NBA Finals resume with the Denver Nuggets at the Miami Heat. Game four is tonight. Nuggets lead two games to one. Jimmy Butler, after after the first uh, the first loss at home on Wednesday, so no excuses. We've got to bring more energy. We got to lay it out on the line because if they lose this game tonight, it is all over. But the shouting, Denver will sign, seal, and deliver and wrap it up. Um, so we'll discuss that ball game as as well. Um, the NFL news, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, on his recruiting trip around the NFL, he's going to visit the New England Patriots next week. I don't know why uh, he would do that. Um, again, it just depends on what's the most important thing. Is it money? Is it winning? Uh, we don't know. He was released by the Arizona Cardinals, a terrible team, back on May 26. Um, first set to meet with the Tennessee Titans early in the week, and then to the New England Patriots he will go. And, and I'm sure he will, he will go and do what he can. Remember, the Patriots selected LSU's Kayshawn Butte is a number 187th overall pick in the draft. So Kayshawn Booty trying to make his mark, make his cut uh, with the New England Patriots. So stick tuned, stay tuned for all of that. Um, I think a brilliant, brilliant move by Matt Deggs and the Rage and Cajuns uh, because Dunner Leger is coming back going to be in charge of, of pictures uh, and other things with this UL baseball staff. He is uh, young enough to be able to get into the heads and, and relate to the current players. Um, I think that's a brilliant move. Hiring from with, you know, hiring someone who's been in the program and was a terrific, terrific performer. Uh, give him his, his opportunity in the coaching world. 
brilliant move, uh, I think, by Matt Deggs and the UL Raging Cajun baseball staff. I think that's pretty, pretty good. Um, Crack and field continues to uh, move on and upward for LSU as they continue to try and to win a national championship on both sides, the men and the women. Um, and and we'll see what they can do. So far, so good as the events continue and roll on uh, today all the way through Saturday. So we'll keep an eye eye on that as well. But all eyes in this part of the world on LSU baseball. And we all know that Kentucky is a small ball team. But their on-base percentage is second only to LSU's in the SEC. And once they get on on one of the bases... They're really good at stealing bases. They also get hit a lot. In fact, they're the only team in the league that gets hit by more pitches than LSU. So the three passes have a lot to do with why LSU and Kentucky are number one and number two in the league in on-base percentage, respectively. Kentucky differs greatly from LSU in how they advance runners. The Tigers, well, they pound it. They got the league best batting average, the league best slugging percentage, the most hits, the most RBIs, the most home runs, whereas the Wildcats just manufacture runs with a league-high 55 bunts, fifth most in the nation, and a league-high 1.55 stolen bases per game. So a lot of strategy will be involved in this one, and LSU will have to be on their toes defensively because – Kentucky will put the pressure on them. No question. So um, that Kentucky 984 fielding percentage, number two in the nation, that's pretty darn impressive. So um, talent versus grit. Can the talent of LSU match the grit of Kentucky? If it does, then the better talent always prevails. But if it doesn't, now you got you got issues. Speaking of always seeming to deliver and come through, the Oklahoma Sooners win yet another NCAA softball championship. They are the juggernaut of juggernauts. Um, as they beat Stanford yet again for their third straight softball title. And they're a super team. Is that bad for softball? I don't think so. I don't think they're going anywhere, uh, but they are just absolutely to the point of being unbe- unbeatable. A 61-1 and regular season record and extending an NCAA Division I softball record 53-game winning stake, winning streak. Wow. As I said, they've won the past three Division I national titles, five championships in the last seven seasons. Man, that joins teams like Connecticut in in women's basketball from 2013 to 2016. Um, North Dakota State in football from 2011 to 2015. Just a dominant powerhouse. So... Um, remarkable what they have accomplished. Um, and that, that is a juggernaut of a program. All right. So, 
a busy, busy day for you and yours. We'll delve deeply into this LSU-Kentucky series when we return. Anthony Renato, from the pitching perspective of things, will break it all down next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Are you tired of your boring man cave? Well, the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with the ultimate man cave makeover built by Lafayette Marble and Granite. Sign up today in the clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. For a chance to win a new recliner from Bordelon's Furniture, a flat-screen TV from ABI, and more. But time is running out. The giveaway ends this Sunday, so I don't have to read this anymore. It's the ultimate man cave makeover, powered by Lafayette Marble and Granite in the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Every day is a Chamber of Commerce kind of day when you're listening to the Jordy Holberg Show. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. Uh, we're back and closer to what we believe should be quite a um, super regional. It begins tomorrow at 2 p.m. as LSU and Kentucky face off. A gentleman who knows all about the pressures of super regional play. As you got, you can taste Omaha in the College World Series. It's right there within your reach you got to win two games out of the potential three, and you're in Anthony Renato, part of a national championship LSU Tiger team. Kind enough to join us. Anthony, always great catching up with you, buddy. How excited are you for this weekend? I'm excited, but I think I'm more excited to be on your show, man. Anytime we spend 10, 15 minutes together, it's always a good vibe. So I'm excited to chop it up and talk to Tigers. Oh, man. you uh, Checks in the (laughs) mail. I'm really curious from a – Pictures perspective, we we talk about LSU and, you know, hitting home runs and all this. Kentucky, small ball. They um, Their on-base percentage is terrific. They they get hit a lot of times. They draw walks. They um, are really good on the base path. As a pitcher, does that change your approach in how you pitch to a team like that or not? I think so. I, I don't think it necessarily changes Paul Skeen's approach because I think Paul Skeen's is who Paul Skeen's is and I think other teams adjust to him right as the leader and and the Friday night Mm -hmm. guy Um, but I think other pitchers you know especially bullpen arms and things like that or you know other starters that are dependent to go longer into the games yeah absolutely I think you're going to see guys throwing more to the middle of the plate rather than nibbling um, and making Kentucky use the field, you know, and, and stuff like that. So uh, at least that's what I would hope. And, and as a team, you know, that struggles with walks, that's what I would be telling our guys and things like that. So they got to be aggressive. They got to go right at guys. They got to understand they're going to take pitches and stuff, which means that we got to be able to get ahead in the count and, and throw first pitch strikes and, and put away guys when, you know, when it's 1 1, 1 2, and that kind of stuff. Okay. Uh, get ahead in the count. That's, that's, uh, that's the recipe <laughs> for success against any team, for sure. Right. Um, Pitching one on one. Yeah, we 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 both thought maybe um, you know in the in the regional against Tulane that uh, Jake Johnson would go somewhere else, but he said nope. We're going with uh, Paul Skeens. We're going to get ahead here and do this. And we saw how it worked out because in game two, Ty Floyd was pitching great. Then all of a sudden the rain comes, and here comes a long delay. And you're done. He can't pitch anymore. So I've got to believe 
that the most valuable person for this super regional is a weatherman. Who can we trust? <laughs> that's what I said. That's like that's why Jay gets paid the big bucks. He's a meteorologist too. Like that's uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. That skill set is important. I mean, I mean, we joke about that, you know, because there was a lot of things. You know, people were up in arms about Skeens pitching that first game. But if that played a factor in his decision making, you just tip your cap again to Jay and his coaching staff right. and and the decisions that they're making. Right? I mean, we were totally wrong. We couldn't be couldn't have been more off. You know, with yeah. our with our predictions last week. Wes Johnson going to be the head coach at Georgia. He's going to stick around uh, till the last out for LSU. Um, that's a huge loss, but it, it kind of goes with the territory, right? Yeah, I think so. I think you saw that happen last year. You know, this is a prime position for anybody in the country. And I think anytime, you know, coaches are leaving for, you know, prime division one powerhouse programs like Georgia and even, you know, Washington last year and stuff like that. Um, Pac-12 and, and SEC schools, this is, a, this is a huge stepping stone and opportunity for people to come. So this is going to be a great thing, I think, for Jay to go find another pitching coach. Um, obviously, you know, like if you're building a program and a, and, a, and, a, and a tradition or a dynasty or whatever you want to call it, you know, you'd like to have a guy be there for a couple of years and, and truly right. develop the younger guys. But um, I think any time that a coach sees this kind of opportunity or a, a stepping stone for his career, um, it bodes well for the university too, because you're going to get a quality coach in there, somebody that's going to you know, take care of the guys and and hopefully give us you know a leg up on the competition and put us in a position to win the national championship like we are this year. So, you know, you tip your cap to to West for coming here from from the major leagues and doing his thing and and obviously creating a great opportunity for him and his family. So, excited to see how he does, and um, I'm I guess I'm more excited to see who Jay Johnson hires on on the other side of it too. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Um... He's had to do it now in back-to-back years. This will be the third year he has to do it. So so we shall see. Anthony Renato with us. I'm curious on this front as well. Uh, Kentucky has already been to Alec Box Stadium and Skip Burtman Field, and they um, they lost two out of three. They, they've seen the environment. They've had a taste of it. Uh, certainly that environment's not going to be nearly as uh, ferocious as a super regional environment is going to be concerned. But they've been here. They've seen it. They've experienced some of it. LSU, on the other hand, has seen how Kentucky plays, and Kentucky plays a different brand of baseball than most of the other teams in this league. They're that West Coast team. But on the other side, and I'm trying to – I'll get to my point in just a second. The three pitchers that play pitched against LSU, they're they're not even around anymore. They're going to have three new pitchers for Kentucky who are obviously pretty good right here right now. Who has the bigger advantage? Does it LSU haven't seen how Kentucky plays? Or is it Kentucky be, being in this environment, bringing LSU to, you know, they, they were close to winning the series. Is there a decided advantage for either team? Yeah, as an LSU fan, I never really want to say this, but I'm I'm a little, I don't want to say nervous, but I'm a little um, not as confident as maybe some, I don't want to, again, I'm not trying to say that we're going to lose this series, but I'm a little, I'm a little nervous for the reasons that you just said Kentucky. And that's why when I was watching the Kentucky, Indiana game, I was rooting for Indiana, not because I think they're a worse team, but I just think Kentucky's been at this team. This Kentucky team has played at Alex box stadium before they've experienced that. And that's what I think Alex box, you know, gives an advantage to a home, uh, you know, it gives home field advantage. An Indiana team coming in here that's never played here, that's where you get a few extra runs. Maybe at the end of the game, you know, they give up the lead or something like that. Um, but you're not going to see that from Kentucky. And then LSU's offense haven't seen these guys. And usually, 
um, you know, for the most part, the pitcher has the advantage um, against, you know, in a matchup where, you know, they haven't faced mm-hmm. each other before. So that does make me a little nervous. But again, I also think that Jay Johnson and his coaching staff, you know, have extreme experience against small ball and that kind of stuff. Uh, so I think Jay's going to be well equipped. He's going to know what to expect from Kentucky. And I still feel pretty confident. I'm, I'm a betting guy, right? So I'm taking the Tigers to win the series. But I do think it might it might take three games and, and I think it's going to be a grind and that Kentucky team is going to give everything that they have for sure. Seem to recall that uh, Paul Skeens was talking about the last time he pitched against Kentucky and look, they got a couple of runs on him, but LSU had a 13 run lead when they were doing that. So it was kind of like, okay, we just, just, just get outs and get, get out of here. And I don't have to throw my best stuff, but there was apparently a lot of trash talking going on. You remember that? Yeah, there was. There was a lot of noise, and I think that's uh, kind of come to be expected of you know that coach uh, Mangione. I don't know. I don't know if that's the right pronunciation, but he kind of has that a little bit of him. That's it. That's his personality. So I think his team embodies that. I think when we when we played his teams when he was a first base base coach when I was coming up and I was in college, he was always kind of chirping at the dugout and stuff like that. Even as a first base coach, we got into it. Really, I can't remember what. Yeah, I can't remember what team he was. He was either with Alabama or Arkansas or maybe Mississippi State. I can't remember, but we got into it. And, and Coach Benary actually had to come down to the dugout and, and yell at us for chirping with a coach. You know, giving it back to him. Um, and then, you know, so we, we've had some battles with him. There's been some stuff. I think he's got a little like sour taste with LSU because, um, you know, from those days and that kind of stuff. And I think his team just embodies that kind of personality. So you saw it with Jared Jones throwing the bat and talking, you know, crap to one of the pitchers. And I think it was the last game. Um, I think it's going to be fun. So I think there's going to be a lot of, a lot of talking going on for sure. Um, but obviously, you know, I think Skeens is going to come and back that up. So it'll be fun to see what happens tomorrow afternoon. What is it? What does a first base coach say to an LSU dugout? I mean, I can't imagine. Hey, Jordy, I'm a, all right. I'll give you a little insight. So, uh, in yeah. 2009, we were kind of chippy. We were a little bit of arrogant. You know, we felt ourselves a little bit. So, we may have been giving it to him first, and he might have just sure. responded. You know, uh, but I think he was just clapping back a little bit, maybe protecting him and his teammates a little bit because uh, we were definitely down there. And that's why Maneri got on us. You know, it was, it was definitely. A, Probably a little bush by us, you know, um, you know, 18, 19-year-old kids. But um, he definitely gave it back to us, and it, it put, like, gas on the fire. So it was, it was definitely a lot of fun, for sure, when, oh, when yeah. we played him. If he, if he responds back, then it's uh, all bets are off. I mean, exactly. he's got to turn a deaf ear, man, and then you guys will be quiet. But, uh, yep. okay, interesting. So I, I'm with yeah. you. I think this is a very dangerous opponent. I, I really do. Um, it's good. They, they're going to put pressure on LSU defensively, and we've seen of late LSU has had some moments defensively where they mm, they weren't exactly uh, upper tier level, so to speak. Um, they run the bases a lot, so that's going to put a lot of pressure on the catcher, uh, a lot of communication um, situations there. So I'm with you. And three pictures that LSU hasn't seen – um, man, but this is, you know, this is a really talented club against a, a team that kind of gets their uniforms dirty. You know what I mean? Just a gritty, tough kind of a ball club. Uh, those are the kind of teams that scare me a little bit. I'm with you. Yeah. And that's what, uh, that's what really makes me nervous. You brought up the catcher, right? Like I love Hayden Trevinsky. He's literally probably my favorite player this year. 
Um, but I think a good team like that is going to take try to take advantage of some of the miscues that he's had, you know, as soon as they look at tape and things like that. So it'll definitely be interesting to see how they, they manage that. But like you said, they do have – they did score four runs off of Skeens, and you know that they're gonna they're gonna pile that on and play that confidence game. You know, like that's something, um, and they're gonna have a little chip on their shoulder. So yeah, it does. It definitely makes me a little nervous as a fan, but that's why we watch the games and and why we tune in and why we love sports. So uh, I'm excited to see the Tigers go out there. I think they got two the two best players in the country. So um, and then Tommy White isn't too far behind. I like our chances. I do. I think I think the box plays up, and and hopefully the offense comes around, and and we don't walk guys, walk and hit guys. As long as we can stay away from that, I feel pretty good about our chances overall. And we'll all be checking out the weatherman, Jay Johnson, and and what happens there because we'll know if Skeens doesn't start tomorrow. That means rain's on the way, and. <laughs> They're not going to put him out there if he can only do two or three innings. They, they want him to go the distance yet again. Absolutely. And I and I kind of learned that I'm going to shut my mouth and not ask any questions until it's over. And I'm going to watch it all play out because I'm on. ultimately I'm on the sidelines just speculating and Jay's getting paid big bucks to do what he does. So uh, I'm excited to see the strings that he pulls and, and see what happens this weekend. You always knew when you were going to get the ball, right? I mean, before Super Regional, did you know like a week before, two days before? When did you know? Yeah, for the most part. And that's why I I give actually LSU a lot of credit, you know, not only players, but coaches. They all knew on Tuesday. Everybody knew last week on Tuesday that Skeens was pitching and that he was pitching Friday. They made the decision. They announced it to the team, but no one heard about it until Friday afternoon. So I think it's I think that's a testament to the, the team camaraderie, you know, and the tightness of the group and things like that. And they're all on board with, you know, Jay's decision making and things. So. Um, yeah, it's definitely important. I think, you know, as a pitcher, you like to prepare, you like to visualize stuff. And I heard Skeens is extremely cerebral with that stuff um, as far as his preparation and the way that he goes about, you know, getting ready for a game. So I'm sure they told him nice and early and they knew it and they made the decision. And I don't know if it was because Tulane was hot or, you know, the weather right. or anything, but ultimately it proved to be the right one for sure. It worked. Anthony Renato brings so much knowledge to us and to me, and I greatly appreciate that. Man, enjoy the series. Um, we'll see. I, I, I'm with you. I think three three games is, is, is what it's going to take to win this thing, um, and I hope it's LSU. We shall see. Thank you, my friend. Enjoy it. Have a great weekend. You too, man. Thanks for always having me on. Always a pleasure. Oh, love it, man. All right, Anthony Renato, take care. We'll take a quick time out here. We'll come back. Larry Holder of The Athletic will join us. Uh, Michael Thomas back in the fray. Is he the best receiver the Saints have next? This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Looking for great deals? Then look no further than AcadianaDeals.com. There are plenty of two-for-one deals available right now. You can get a $15 voucher to Pizza Artista for only $7.50 or a $30 voucher to La Hacienda for only 15 bucks. Once again, visit AcadianaDeals.com to take advantage of these deals and so many more. This is the Jordy Holtberg Show, live from the Evco Development Studios in Upper Lafayette on The Game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 35 minutes after the hour on this Friday, June the 9th, and we are thrilled to welcome back after quite some time away our good friend from The Athletic, Mr. Larry Holder, who has been 
hot on the tennis circuit. I, I know he knows what's going on at the French Open. It'll be Djokovic versus Rudd for the uh, French Open men's singles finals. Hello, Larry. How are you? I'm good. I didn't quite play Roland Garros. I could tell you that. I uh, within the last couple of weeks uh, tournaments in Lafayette and Baton Rouge. So a little Man. off the tour. But uh, nevertheless, uh, I'm sure it's hotter where I played uh, than where uh, Djokovic and Casper Rude uh, have been playing in France. Uh, I can tell you that. Um, are you pleased with your game to this point in time? Uh, yeah, I had a good couple of weeks uh, where our teams didn't quite win at all. But I, I'd say uh, uh, we, we put up a good showing, uh, at least got to the semifinals mm-hmm. in one tournament. So, uh, you know, it's uh, statewide, uh, a couple of tournaments, and now we're uh, – now we're moving into mixed double season, so that's always fun. Mm. It's funny because, uh, you know, uh, you, the teams you play on, uh, it's, it's funny because uh, the women seem to be even more competitive than the men in these leagues. So they, they, they get feisty. If you don't, if you don't uh, play your best, you're going to hear from them. Is there a dominant club out there? Like, you know, the Oklahoma Sooners in softball. I mean, they're unbelievable. Is there a, is there a dominant club in, in tennis in the state? I don't know about a dominant club because, uh, you know, you, you have people play out of places everywhere. But, uh, oh. you know, there's certainly there's certainly notable clubs, I, you know, I could point to, just, which I've played. So that just means it's everywhere, which always makes these things fun, okay. uh, playing U.S. Mm-hmm. All right. Larry Holder with us. We got to talk a little bit about the NFL. Where's DeAndre Hopkins going to end up? Yeah, I'm curious to see. Like, you know, I know uh, New England uh, has been, it, it's funny, maybe not uh, publicly, but behind uh, the scenes uh, have made it known that they uh, are interested. And I know he's, uh, you know, he's going to be visiting there. Tennessee makes sense, too. I know he's visited there. Uh, you would have thought maybe uh, that Cleveland might be interested, and I'm not discounting it just because of the, the connection to Deshaun, Hopp and, uh, Deshaun Watson. Uh, their time with Houston. So, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, it, it, it's funny to me. Like, I, I feel like that teams uh, are maybe a little scared of the price tag because uh, I feel like the Ravens probably overpaid for Odell Beckham, and that's where DeAndre Hopkins is looking. And I feel like probably right now Hopkins is a little bit better within his career than than, than Beckham. So, uh, you know, it's uh, you know, I, I'm curious to see where that where that happens just because – Look, even at his age and a little bit of wear and tear and some baggage, you know, you bring him into the fold and you have a true number one receiver. So I think that's, uh, uh, you know, whoever kind of wins this uh, uh, should be pretty pleased. Another one I think who is going to be valuable for somebody. Um, after four straight Pro Bowl seasons, the Vikings said, uh, we tried to trade you. We couldn't get anything of interest. So we're releasing Dalvin Cook. He's good. Yeah, he's definitely good. I will say, uh, and uh, I've done a little bit of um, some some advanced study metrics and and things uh, for Dalvin Cook, and, you know, his numbers have in that sense, and you know how much uh, analytics are playing more of a part in the NFL these days than they used to, uh, that his numbers have have taken a dip maybe the last couple of years, still productive, but uh, not at the price tag where he is. You know, that's I think that's the big thing. The price was – too big uh, for a running back. Uh, really, I'm sure in the NFL, uh, teams are going to be even more scared to pay running backs these days. Uh, 
And so, you know, I do think that there's a place for him. I, I think number one, you probably look at Miami. They don't have a true number one uh, tailback. Uh, and I know uh, their co- head coach, Mike McDaniel, uh, wasn't going to kind of <laughs> go that route when he was asked about him. But uh, uh, he's def- that's definitely a spot where I feel like he could fit in right away and be kind of the top back. And, and it, when you look at, kind of where the Vikings are going, uh, they, they feel like they've got a cheap uh, and good option with uh, Alexander uh, Madison. So I think if you're looking, say, fantasy yeah. football-wise, he's someone who had some really good rates last year in limited action. Uh, so that might be someone you look at. But, yeah, I think someone could be looking at Dalvin Cook. You even have some bigger names out there that we're certainly familiar with, Jordy, uh, that still have no homes. Uh, someone like Ezekiel Elliott, someone like Leonard Fournette. Uh, so you have some definitely notable names out yeah. there that uh, are probably going to be vying with Cook uh, to get jobs here in, in the next, uh, say, month, month and a half leading up to training camp. Actually, Larry Holder of the Athletic. Big news in Saints land. All Saints fans are euphoric. They had a sighting of Michael Thomas in a uniform, not just standing on the sideline. He was pitching a couple of passes from um, the Saints quarterbacks. And he says he's going to be ready for camp day one. Yeah, he's played 10 games in three years. What what are reasonable, reasonable expectations for Michael Thomas? I think that's really hard to say. Uh, like I, I think that you probably view him as a number two guy at this rate. Uh, and just because of the unknown, um, look, when he played his, uh, a couple of games last year, uh, look, he, he scored three touchdowns. I mean, that, that was, uh, notable. There's no question about that, but I mean, how, uh, how healthy can he be? I mean, that's the thing. So, uh, he knows that the saints know it. Uh, he's got to prove his, uh, his prowess to be around again, or if he even wants to be, uh, considered, uh, as a viable weapon in the NFL as a whole. So, you know, I, I think that um, I, I could say 1,000-yard receiver, 70 catches, uh, you know, is that reasonable? I don't know. I, I just don't know just because we, we don't see him on the field. So I think that's really, right. really hard to say. And, oh, by the way, it's another quarterback. Uh, you know, last time he had uh, big-time numbers – how many quarterbacks ago was that? Four, five, yeah. six? I don't know. I can't keep track at this point anymore. <laughs> Larry Holder of the Athletic, kind enough to join us. All right, I gotta, I gotta share my thought with you, and tell you can tell me I'm crazy or not. I still think, I still think Taysom Hill would be a great tight end for the New Orleans Saints. Nobody's gonna listen to me, but I still think when you look at football today and you look at the teams that have really good tight ends, they just they're a mismatch. They're great athletes. They can catch the football. I think Taysom Hill would be a great tight end. Am I crazy? Tell me. No, I don't think you're crazy. And I think the Saints are going to use him in that aspect, but also still try to use him all over the field. I mean, that's, uh, you know, if you look at the depth chart, where does he fit in? I mean, you, you at least have, in my eyes, three viable tight ends who can catch the football. Like, I like Juwan Johnson, his growth. Uh, I, I think Foster Morrow can be really good within the system, knowing Derek Carr uh, and, you know, uh, being kind of an overall tight end. 
Uh, and then Taysom Hill, I think he can play a part in that. I mean, I, here's the thing. I don't even know if you want to – you might as well not even give him a position name. Like, he can right. line up as tight end at times, line up as a wide receiver, line up at quarterback. So, I think he can he could be effective in that usage. I don't think you have to use him solely there. But, no, I'm with you. Like, I, I still think that there's a place for him to use him uh, in that aspect. And so, yeah, you know, it's just he's not going to be down in, down out, a tight end. But you can use him right. in, okay. in those spaces. So, Jordy, you know what? I'm not going to call you crazy. Let's, let's document yeah, this that, today. Not calling you uh, crazy today. I, I have got this on tape, and so I will I will bring that back up. Uh, did Pete Carmichael utilize Mason Hill enough last year, in your opinion? Well, I think that's – you know, he was a little banged up, uh, if I if I remember. So you know, I, I also look his age. It's not like he's a he's a spring chicken these days. And so I, I think that's you probably didn't want to overuse him, and then you, you you come under the thing of maybe underusing him. So I think that's a, I, I I just feel like even now it's going to be a little curious in the sense that. Uh, you have a quarterback that you probably want to see play the field uh, all the time. And so it, it's going to be really something that where do you fit him in? I mean, do you, you, you play him at running back? Do you take carries away from Jamal Williams? Who's, that's someone who you can depend on in the goal line situations and short yardage. Uh, you know, yeah. I, so I think that's gonna be, it's going to be trickier than maybe uh, last year, the last couple of years. Makes perfect sense. You know, anytime a team gets a new quarterback, and certainly the Saints with Derek Carr, all the focus and all the attention goes to that side of the ball. Are we sleeping on this Saints defense? Are they going to be a good defense, or are there worrisome spots there? Look, I think it's in the sense, and actually, Jordy, hang on. i got to give my kids names. <laughs> my carpool lane and camp. Hang on a second. <laughs> Okay. I'll just Thankfully I'll just, the counselor uh, knew my kids' names so I didn't have to say it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh <laughs> but yeah, so you know, you know, I think that uh, look, I think they could be a good defense. I have question marks with their pass rush. Uh I think to me that's yeah. that's the area I'm wondering if that can kind of pick back up. Uh and so you know, it, it, it's uh, your secondary, I think you got solid pieces there linebacker, you know, if you're playing two and those guys are healthy, uh, then you're in good shape there. But I'm curious as a pass rush defensive line as a whole, uh, if they can get that, that ball back rolling again. And, you know, you you lost Marcus Davenport, but uh, it's not, he was erratic at best. Uh, So, uh, and you're going to guys that uh, have, have not really gotten it done for you or are rookies, (laughs) you know, uh, you know, Isaiah Foskey, you know, can he, live up to uh, some of the stats he did in college. Uh, so, you know, it, it's definitely something that I'm wondering if the Saints can kind of improve that, that pass pressure uh, uh, and, and really stay being a strength because, uh, you know, it's had to be almost out of necessity the past couple of years. One last one. I'll let you t- spend time with your children as well. We should. Uh, Saints are one of four teams that have not been on the hard knock series um, do you think the Saints would be a good watch if they were on that show? Uh, I don't know. I mean, they probably highlight Cam Jordan, and he could be entertaining. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, maybe some other guys. Uh, but I, you know, it's a 
I don't know off the top of my head what are the other three teams that are, are that are eligible. So I, I'm sure they're looking for the the, the best characters and the best storylines. And so well, I don't know if well, the team that, that. The best team for that would be the New York Jets. They've got Aaron Rodgers now, but um, Wilson. Who knows, right? Who knows? Right. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, that would be uh, a good one for sure. But. Uh, yeah, and, and, of course, the market, they've had the Jets on there before. I mean, that's back with Rex Ryan in those days. But still, it's, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it seems like the Saints don't have a choice. If they got to do it, they got to do it. They've they they got to do it. They've yeah. to pass it off for many, many years. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, like, I'd be curious, obviously. I know you would be, too. Yeah. I don't know if yeah. uh, Joe Q, NFL fan, would be as curious uh, to see what's going on with the Saints uh, as maybe Probably. we would. Probably not. Probably not. All right, Larry Holder, great catching up with you. Thank you. Um, and you're a celeb, so of course the carpool line knows knows your name and knows your kid's name. So that just goes with the territory. It's the perks, baby. It's the perks. There you go. There you go. All right. Uh, have a great weekend, man. Take care of yourself. Larry Holder of The Athletic. Kind enough to join us. We'll... Uh, Take a quick time out here. We'll come back, uh, close out our number one, set the stage for some familiar names and faces for our number two. This uh, after our final time out in our number one. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. And our great partners, such as uh, ShopRite Tobacco Plus Discount Outlets, over 60 in southern and central Louisiana. If you can't shop right at ShopRite, you just can't shop right at all. By Ducks, cleaning America's air from the inside out. Eon, the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches along with permanent fat reduction. Eon, with three locations, one in Lafayette, one in Baton Rouge, and one in Mandeville. By the Louisiana Lottery. Hey, you can't win until you start playing D.C.'s Little Capital Exxon. Oh, what a great staff. Everything under the sun inside their building, including their true soul food deli with the best cheeseburger you've ever eaten. And by Cajun Chef, do yourself a flavor. Turn up the taste of all your seafood and all your meals with Cajun Chef hot sauce. Don't agree with what Jordy has to say? Not to worry. He's always open to a healthy debate. Well, Dean, I'm, I'm glad that you asked that Actually, question. Actually, I'd like to jump in and take that one, Jimmy, if you don't mind. Have at it, Hoss. Give us a call on the hotline at 337-706-0111. Now back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, we are back. Oh, great news from a dear friend of mine, Eli Gold, the play-by-play announcer, long time for the Alabama Crimson Tide. He's announced he is free and clear of cancer. He says no cancer now. It's just a matter of getting stronger and being ready for the start of the college football season. Way to go, Eli Gold. That is absolutely Awesome news. Um, coming up, our number two of the program, George Faust, will join us. Gunnar Leje joining the Cajuns uh, baseball coaching staff. Great player. Um, see how great of a coach he becomes to help out the, the pitching staff for Matt Deggs. 
Um, of course, LSU has to find a new pitching coach, but they got bigger fish to fry at this point. This is a tough time. You got the the portal opened up. You got recruiting. You got to hire a coach. Jake Johnson's platter is full, but I am sure he is focused on one thing and one thing alone, and that's trying to beat the Kentucky Wildcats, who will not be an easy out by any stretch of the imagination. Um, so we'll talk to uh, uh, about that. We'll also talk about Louisiana big man Jordan Brown going portaling. Um, the 6'11 grad with 19 points, nearly nine boards last season. What a blow that is. A huge addition up front for someone. Um, and that's a tough blow for the Raging Cajuns on that. So we'll talk with George Faust about that. And then um, George McDowell and my producer, James Mesh, will uh, we'll pick the winner of this Baton Rouge Super Regional. We'll pick the winner of tonight's game four between the Denver Nuggets and the Miami Heat will pick the winner of the Belmont Stakes that are on Saturday. Knock on wood, we hope, and, and much, much more. So that's what's ahead in hour number two, plus all the, the news and the headlines of the day. So uh, it's time for the top of the hour sports update right after that. Hour number two of the Jordy Heldberg Show here on The Game. We're 1037 Lafayette. We're 1041 Lake Charles, and we are your home for every pitch of the Baton Rouge Super Regional of the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. We'll be back. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. It's hour number two of two, and away we go on this Friday, June the 9th, the year 2023. Hope you're having a great day and looking forward to a wonderful weekend of super regional baseball and all the other things coming down the pipeline. My main man, James Mesh, back in the producer's chair inside the Evco Development Studios. Evco Development is a civil construction company that specializes in multifamily construction. It is on the beautiful campus of Delta Media, which is where you'll find KLWB under its umbrella. And that is 1037 Lafayette. We're on KLCJ 1041 in Lake Charles. We're streaming everywhere. Everywhere. 1037thegame.com 1041thegame.com And if you're in the Acadiana area, you can turn your television set on and see us because we are simulcasts on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. This morning, baseball, D1 baseball's Kendall Rogers, friend of the program, Broke the news about the uh, Raging Cajuns bringing back Gunnar Leger in an off-field position as, quote, pitching coordinator and analytics. Um, I think that's a really, really cool addition. The former All-American left-hander involved with analytics and the director of pitching. So, I don't know, he he pitched in 2015, 16, 17, and 19 he was 24 and 13 overall with a 2.44 ERA. He's a Lake Charles native, Barb High School alum, 
the Sunbelt Freshman of the Year in 2015, the Sunbelt Picture of the Year in 2017. Injuries eventually curtailed Leger's career, but he's coming back home. And he said, proud to wear Louisiana across my chest again. Let's get to work. So the time of year when um, changes are coming. Now, Leger joins his father, Tim, as a coach for the Raging Cajuns. Tim is the offensive coordinator for the Cajuns football team. So father's son getting into it. And that's that's terrific. Um The 2023 Pro Football Hall of Fame contains eight former Saints, three Raging Cajun alums. I didn't know that, but that's, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Um, it's game four of the NBA Finals tonight with Denver leading two games to one after their two triple-double performances by Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. So now all the pressure on the Miami Heat at home to try and knot the series up at two games apiece, which would mean, you know, each team has won on the other's home court. So very important night for the Miami Heat, to say to say the very, very least. Very, very important night. Um, we talked in depth about LSU versus Kentucky in the Baton Rouge Super Regional coming up uh, Saturday at 2 p.m. Sunday will be determined later, and if necessary, Monday. We don't know the times of those games yet. That will be uh, television dictated. Um, Kentucky's the number 12 national seed. They're 40 and 19 overall. LSU, the number five national seed, 46 and 15 overall. We'll have to check the weather. I'm sure that's going to play a, a very pivotal role in who Jake Johnson decides gets the ball for game one. If the weather's good, well, you know it's going to be Paul Skeens, but if there's that threat of rain, do you take the chance? Do you risk bringing Skeens out? And then, what? like what happened in the Baton Rouge Regional against Oregon State in game number two, Ty Floyd was on the mound doing very, very well, and then all of a sudden the heavens opened up, the lightning started coming, rain delay, lightning delay, lightning delay. Three hours later, you get back on the field, and Ty Floyd only gives you three innings. You don't want that from a Paul Skeens. You want him to be able to go as long and as deep into the game as he can, like he did against Tulane when he completed a, a complete game nine-inning stretch. So uh, we'll see. LSU has won eight super regional titles. All at home. They're 17 and 9 overall in super regional games, but they've won eight super regional titles 2000, 2003, 2004, 2008, 2009, 2013, 2015, and 2017. So it's been it's been quite a while. LSU last weekend won the Baton Rouge Regional, marking the 26th regional title in program history and the Tigers' 23rd title in a home regional. So the Tigers at home, pretty darn tough to beat. But they face a very good Kentucky club who um, is hitting 293 as a team. They don't have many home runs, just 51. But they uh, they steal bases, 91 in 120 attempts. They lead the nation defensively with a 984 fielding percentage. 
They've only committed 34 errors all season. So they put a lot of pressure on you defensively. They just put the ball in play. They don't commit any errors. So they're good. And their pitching staff has a 4.17 cumulative ERA, which ranks third in the SEC. So a very formidable opponent coming in town. And, of course, when you think Kentucky, you think basketball. And LSU and Kentucky in basketball have had some unbelievable uh, moments, regular season, SEC tournament time, and in NCAA tournament play. So uh, we shall see what happens. Um, LSU has more talent, more major league baseball talent. Doesn't mean Kentucky doesn't have talent. Good college talent. Just they don't project to be big leaguers. But on the collegiate scene, as a team, they're very good. They're very formidable. And LSU will be facing facing a pitching staff um, who did not pitch in Baton Rouge in April against LSU. So they'll be facing a whole new group of, of pitchers. And uh, that'll be interesting to say the very, very least. So uh, each and every pitch of each and every game you can hear on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. So that will be uh, interesting to say the very, very least. Two wins away from becoming one of eight teams to advance to the College World Series. Meanwhile, um, the second verse, same as the first, the Oklahoma women's softball team did it again. Did it again. Won their third straight national championship, defeating Florida State 3-1 to last night in Oklahoma City. The win clinched the Sooners' seventh national title overall and concluded a dominant 61-1 and regular season and extended an NCAA Division I softball record 53-game winning streak. Wow. What a run by Oklahoma softball in seven years. They've won three in a row, part of a larger run of five championships in seven seasons. Woo! Just 27 Division I teams have gone back to back to back in their sport since 2000. Uh, and some obscure, you know, UConn in women's basketball did it. Um, Sandy, North Dakota State did it in FBS, FCS football, Stanford in men's gymnastics, um, dominant, dominant, Minnesota Duluth in women's hockey, dominant, uh, Northwestern in women's lacrosse, dominant, in men's soccer, Stanford was dominant, uh, men's tennis, Virginia, dominant, women's tennis, Stanford, Penn State in women's volleyball. These are all teams that have gone back to back to back with national championships, men's water polo with USC. Um, so Oklahoma, a dominant program, and they're going to lose a lot of players. But guess what? They're going to be back in it again to win it all again next year. They're that good uh, across the board. So congratulations to the Oklahoma Sooners. Okay, coming up, George Faust, sports director, KLFY will join us. George Becknell, James Mesh, and I will make a, a variety of picks and share our thoughts on the major events happening this weekend. 
So stay tuned. We're rolling on this Friday, June the 9th. We'll take our first time out of hour number two and come back with the king of uh, KLFY Sports next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Are you tired of your boring man cave? Well, the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with the ultimate man cave makeover built by Lafayette Marble and Granite. Sign up today in the clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com for a chance to win a new recliner from Bordelon's Furniture, a flat-screen TV from AVI, and more. But time is running out as the giveaway ends this Sunday. It's the ultimate man cave makeover, powered by Lafayette Marble and Granite and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. There's no better way to wrap up the work week than talking with the man regarded as the king of Acadiana sports media, KLFY Sports Director George Faust. It's time for Fridays with Faust here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Hey, George, we got the day right. We're back on a Friday. Great to hear from you again, my friend. How's, how's the world treating you? Good, man. Good. Can't complain too much right now. So, uh, sunny day. I don't mind. I don't mind a sunny day. I like the heat. I'm good. We're good. I'm with you. The (laughs) bet is on Governor John Bell Edwards um, has placed a bet on the LSU Kentucky series with Kentucky Governor Andy Bashir. If Edwards, uh, if Kentucky wins, then we got to send him some Louisiana seafood. If LSU wins, Kentucky's going to send some bourbon to John Bell Edwards. Mm-hmm. I hope he sends a lot. I hope the, I hope the Gov shares a little bit of it. <laughs> yeah, Kentucky yeah. is in a is in a uh, in a uh, win win situation there, man. Yeah. You, get, we, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, Louisiana's got yeah. some good food, man. Come on. <laughs> All right, Let, let's go over a couple things, um, man. This guy is the Marco Polo of college basketball. He started at Nevada, went to Arizona. Then he came to Lafayette to play for the Raging Cajuns. Now Jordan Brown has entered the transfer portal again. That's nearly Hmm. 20 points and nine rebounds out the window. I mean, what the heck? I I mean, I don't know. Look, this transfer portal's got us all all kind of, uh, you know, just – in a tizzy about who does what and who's going where. I mean, that's going to be a huge loss uh, if he ends up staying in the portal and and heading heading somewhere else. I I think uh, I don't know, man. That's 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 a tough blow for Coach Marlin and uh, uh, just oh, to be course. not to be able to have that uh, that guy back. But I mean, maybe on the flip side of that, you're looking at it as a player. Hey, we did all we could do last year. Got to the tournament. Now uh, maybe I'll, uh, he wants to try and be at a bigger program and and, yeah. and see what he can do uh, with a, with a bigger bigger program. Maybe I, I I mean I don't know that that's a that's right. a that's a tough that's a tough pill to swallow if you're a Cajun fan. Maybe maybe you know what it comes down to. I, I I bet this has a role in it. You know, I, look, I got nearly twenty points and nine boards. Somebody's gonna want me, and guess what? I'm gonna get some nil money from them, yeah. and that's how it's gonna oh. work. Yeah, I mean, look, and and he can continue. Like we we said it at the end of last year, right? I mean, he we need he needed to go back to college. I think we we all thought, you know, mm-hmm. if he could develop 
that uh, sure. yeah, a, a little, a, a, you know, that mid-range jumper to, to uh, a, you know, the jumper and, and have the ability, you know, just kind of hone that a little bit more uh, that he would, he would improve his stock. And so, yeah, you're right though. The NIL money pl- plays a lot into it. And, uh, it's disappointing to hear that, uh, that yeah. if he does end up leaving the Cajuns, because, you know, sometimes that happens and they come back, but you never know. It's, it's, you never know. It's disappointing. We shall, uh, we'll keep our eyes and ears open for that one. George Faust of KLFY Sports with us. I think a brilliant move. Uh, Matt Deggs and company bringing Gunnar Leger back into the program as the director yeah. of pitching and analytics for the Cajuns. I don't know what that is. Analytics, so he's going to be doing a lot of computer work and studying numbers and all that stuff. Director of pitching, your guess is as good as mine. But um, anytime you can bring a player back uh, that made such an impact in your program, I think that's a win-win for everybody. Uh, absolutely, and, and Gunner's a winner uh, through and through. You know, I mean, that's a, uh, he's a, he's a young man who, I, I when he was a player here, we sat him down, we talked to him. Uh, 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 at length about uh, just what he wanted to do. He was, I was really impressed with the way he handled himself back then. So I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that he's just improved as a person and, and, and obviously has more knowledge as a player now, but I think he's going to be able to kind of calm, uh, calm the waters a little bit in the, in the bullpen and pitch. Yeah. He, he's got the knowledge. He knows what he's doing. So, uh, and he knows what coach Deggs wants. And I think that's, uh, that's all part of it, you know, uh, to be able to, yeah. uh, the, ha- the communication between, uh, pitchers and, and, and their coaches is, is huge. And if you already know kind of what the coaches expect, and that can be huge. And so for Deggs to bring him on, I think he knows what, what coach Deggs wants, and uh, that'll make that transition easier, and then and then he'll be able to transfer that on to the pitchers uh, as they as they move on next year. I, 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 I like that move a lot, actually. I do too. And he can walk across the street and go say hello to his dad, who's the offensive coordinator, <laughs> recruiting coordinator, wide receiver coach. So Tim Leger yep. got a lot on his plate, but he's got his son in town now. Yeah. I, hey, look. I look. It's not. I, I, you know, it's it's that's a good thing, man, to be able to have your family uh, close by and. And uh, and makes you comfortable, I think. So, no doubt. What's what? What is the latest, um, George, on the facility improvement, Rick Cajun Field? Where are we on all that? <laughs> well, a couple months ago, we had uh, Doctor Maggot on Cajun Nation, and he was talking about it. Uh, I mean, they're still trying to uh, uh, they they're trying to lasso uh, the 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 financing and kind of figuring that all out. Um, there's a plan in place. I, I just don't know. Uh, they're hoping. I think Coach Mag, uh, Doctor Maggard said. I always call him Coach, but uh, Doctor Maggard okay. said he likes that. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> I hope so because I screw it up all the time. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I think I, I, I think by twenty four they want to start uh, the uh, the the. I, he said nothing can happen until they get a majority of the financing. So that's obviously the, the biggest hurdle that they're facing right now. But I think by 24, they wanted to start and hopefully to have it set up and ready to go uh, for that the season after that. Uh, if I if I remember correctly, it's off the top of yeah. my head. I, I I think that's what he was telling me. So, um, but yeah, it, it, it it's coming. It's it's uh, like everything. I mean, it, you got to have the money, and 
you know, yeah. to trying to secure the finances is, is uh, uh, kind of the biggest hurdle for him at this point. Football right around the corner. You got recruiting going on. You got summer camps going on. Um, the season right around the corner. What What are your expectations for the Cajuns this year uh, on the football field? <laughs> it's, fun, it's funny that you asked that, man. I, we, I was looking at the schedule yesterday. I was like, you know, their hardest game is, is Minnesota on the road. Uh, that's going to be their toughest contest on the road. I think when you look at uh, the rest of the schedule, I, 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 I mean, I had them at at eight wins, eight and four, um, just just the eyeball test, you know, just looking at the schedule, uh-huh. going win here, lose here. I, I, and some of those, I mean, that Southern Miss game, that's going to be. I can't wait for that game. I'm I'm so excited yeah. for that contest because I think this rivalry is going to blossom into something big. That uh, you know, Arkansas State and, and the Cajuns are a big rival game, but it's kind of lost its luster. I don't think even I think even if they're they're two subpar teams, you know that's not the case. But even if they're two subpar teams, Southern Miss and UL, when they play each other, that could be that could be yeah. so special, and that could be one of these special rivals that that goes on for years and years and years. So uh, I'm looking forward to that contest. That's going to be a, a, a night. To be at uh, Cajun Field for that one, yeah. um, but yeah, so so I had them at I had just eyeball test right off the bat, eight and four. I, I'm kind of some of those losses could turn into wins. It, it, it you know it's but in my mind, you know I got that. I it, look, it, I don't know that you'd sign up for eight and four. Maybe you want a little more, but you win eight games in a, in a college football season. You've done something, right? I mean, that's bowl eligibility. Well, I was going to say, we're talking about whether or not whether or not they get to a bowl eligibility. I'm like, dude, they're going to get to bowl eligibility. Did you see their schedule? And there's, yeah. and so I, that's why I kind of went down. And I, and I I'm not trying I to just, compare apples and oranges, but you know, you say eight wins. You tell that to an LSU fan, they're going to go, oh, fire the coach. That's that's right. not the standard. Are, are we right. at that point with occasions where eight is unacceptable? Uh, do they have to do more? Did Napier set a table so high? So I don't think I don't think Cajun fans feel that way. I think college football has done that to to people, right? So like because in college football right now, you lose a game. Oh man, you're out. You know, you can't you can't win a national title. So, right. I think the mindset of a college football fan is we can't lose, but that doesn't measure success. It, it, right? You understand? I mean, you know this, yeah. but uh, but so eight wins. I don't think Cajun fans are, would be like, oh, I'm not. That's horrible. That's horrible. That mm-hmm. now eight wins. I don't think is going to get you a conference championship. And that's the difference. It, it, it might, maybe I don't know. Maybe everybody has a down yeah. year, and, and people losing right. games left and right. And you, maybe the four games you lose aren't aren't four that you need to win the conference. You know, uh, so. Uh, that, but I, I think no. I don't think to answer your question. I don't think we're at a point with regards okay. to the Cajuns where eight wins and they're like, oh my god, that's a, a horrible year. No, because that's not. I mean. The point of the, the the point is to you know work hard, develop the players, get them into a situation where they can succeed. They do that. Succeeding to me is eight and four. You get a postseason bowl game. That's that's success, right? I mean that that's what you now now if, 
I, I think there's there's a kind of a disconnect between fans and reality and and expectations. You know, no doubt, um, no doubt. Eight wins, eight wins for the Cajuns next year would be a, a, a phenomenal, especially. I think that would be a, a, a nice point for Coach De, uh, Desimo to, to be able to be like, hey, look, this is this is we're building, we're continuing to build here. You know, let me so ask I, you this: what what sport on campus has the most pressure to, or is expected to win the most? Like, you know, you go to Baton Rouge, and it's like, okay, it's football first, and then fans really really expect LSU baseball to go to the college world series every year. And when they don't, it's a failure. And then it's right. basketball. Is there a program where the expectations are always higher than other programs in the department? In my mind, since I've uh-huh. been here and that's 21 years, Jordy, I think the, the biggest, the, the most consistent program year in year out has been softball. Yes. For the for the, the Cajun softball program, at the beginning of the year, it is a realistic oper- uh, uh, expectation that they're in Oklahoma City at the end of the year. Yeah. That that's that's bar none realistic. Uh, you 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 look at that softball team and you're like, all right, all right, we can we're going to win the conference. That's like almost a yeah. foregone conclusion. Even though you got to work okay. hard get to get there, right. that's a foregone conclusion. Then. Oh, you're going to win a regional. You got, you have to, you, you, you got that, you, you got the talent. You're already there. So I think in my mind to answer that question, it's softball first and foremost. No doubt. Oh, their expectation is the women's college world series. Boom. That's it. And, and you look at it and you go, yeah, that's a possibility. That's a, I mean, they're the best team in the state, right? I mean, they beat LSU at LSU in a regional. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I gotcha. uh, so I think it's softball. I think uh, baseball's maybe close after that, and then uh, and then I, I think people want it to be football, but at this juncture, I don't know that that's the case. Yeah, I think basketball's up there too. I mean, I, oh, absolutely. You know, Bob's, Bob's done a heck of a job. So, uh, so we shall absolutely. see. Okay, that, interesting. All right. Um, how are the kids doing? Out of school, everybody's happy, enjoying life. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 a transition, man. They they don't Ooh. have to get up, so now like your mornings are a little different. You know, <laughs> it's kind of like yeah. uh, uh, trying to just readjust to a new schedule. So uh, I hear you. yeah, everybody's I hear you. good. Everybody's good. They they uh, they're having a good uh, start to their summer here. I got you. Well, Georgie Faust, um, always a great time talking with you. Get the family all our best. And, uh, boy, that Jordan Brown, that kind of took me for a, took me for a loop there. Um, yeah. Who knows where he's going, but, man, that's a big blow for Bob Marlin. I, I hate so to too. see that happen. Yeah, I, yeah, right. I do, too, because I think they, they could probably have something special if he came back. And But, look, you never know. Uh, just because you enter the portal doesn't mean you're leaving, but uh, That's true. It, it's, it's that a, good, true. a good indication of what you're thinking about, though. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, yeah. All right, my friend. Well, enjoy your weekend. Always a pleasure talking with you, buddy. Take care of yourself. All right, Jordy. Thanks so much. Look forward to the next time. You got it. George Faust, Sports Director, KLFY. We'll be back for some picks across the board. Becknell, James Mesh, yours truly, next. 
This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. It takes money to take your lady out for a nice dinner. And if you're low on cash, don't worry, because the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. As a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to score excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse and a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen, both located at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. You can only score these great prizes by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So go sign up today. The Jordy Holberg Show prides itself on settling for nothing less than the best. This thing has a variety of nauseating aspects to it. Jordy has the best takes, the best guests, and let's be honest, the best nickname. The Blonde Bomber is cool as hell. I agree. All right. Let's play ball. Back to only the best on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The proverbial expression goes, the haze in the barn, time to make some picks. And we do it each and every Friday. James Mesh inside the Evco Development Studios and my main man, George Becknell. Who knows where George is, but we got him and we're thankful. Hey, buddy, how are you? George, I'm doing well, man. I'm, I'm out here in Donaldsonville, man, uh, celebrating my nan's birthday. Oh, congratulations to Mr. Becknell. That's uh. That's awesome, man. I'm I'm so happy for him and happy for you. You can spend some time with that. I miss my dad every day. So uh, enjoy it, my friend. Um, enjoy it. All right, let's get to the, the matters at hand, James, George. Uh, LSU baseball versus Kentucky. You go around, and um, for a team as highly ranked as LSU, when you look at all these pundits making their picks, some pick LSU, some give Kentucky a real good chance to come out of this super regional and get a win. Um, here's an interesting quote I'm going to read to you that uh, I saw that Jay Johnson said he doesn't want a repeat of weather delays like last weekend. He said, we will not start the game unless we have a window to play the game. So weather, a big, big factor, and it's all directed toward, toward Paul Skeens. When you think of this re- super regional, George, what comes to mind? Well, Jordy, uh, I, I think I think a couple of things. Number one, the weather has been has been a problem, and you don't want to start schemes one day and have to resume them another day. So I get that. But if the weather is cool, you know, Kentucky is a very very good baseball team. I give them a big a good chance to win this thing. But you know, I, I'm all about the history. And in April, LSU took two out of three from them in the right. series, and I think that'll happen again. So I expect the bats to be in full effect for these Tigers. Um, clearly, you will have one obviously really good pitching performance. But uh, after that, I think I think it's back to old school gorilla ball and LSU finds a way to uh, punch their ticket to Omaha at the, at the, at the box. So I, I'm, think, I'm fully expecting LSU to win this, even though Kentucky's really good. It's going to be three games. Okay, three games for the Tigers. Um, James, Kentucky – Really good fielding team. They're not a team of stars. They're just a really good college team. 
They field it. They throw it well. They they put pressure on you offensively. LSU has more star power. Are you going with the star star power or the the team that kind of nickel and dimes you? I mean, I'm I'm a big nickel and dime kind of guy, but I got to go with the stars in this one. I'm going to take LSU for sure, but I don't think it's going to go to a game three. I think both games are going to be close, but I will take LSU to win it. Even though they don't hit a lot of home runs and they're able to get a bunch of base hits and they play pretty solid defense, I just feel like LSU is a little better. And you can't really look at the last matchup, but kind of look at how LSU is rolling right now and how Kentucky was in the loser's bracket and the clap scrawling get out of the loser's bracket just to get to this point, I think they're kind of on their last life when it comes to Wildcats. Okay. Um, give me if I think both teams are going to bring effort. I mean, you're, you're here this yeah. close to the college world series. So both teams are going to bring their best effort out there. If, if the effort is matched, give me the team with the better players. Um, and the fact that LSU took the ball out the ballpark as often as they did against um, opponents in their own Baton Rouge regional. Yes, Kentucky is going to be better pitching, but that threat is always there. Um, I, I think I think LSU got their mojo back. Uh, give me the Tigers in this thing. Um, do they do it in two or they do it in three? Mm, um, I'm going to say they wrap this thing up on Sunday. I'm going to go two Ooh. and out, two and out, and the Tigers uh, Tigers take the win. So. Uh, at least I hope so. We'll see. We'll see. Um, all right. We continue onward. It's game four, George, of the NBA finals tonight. The double-double uh, mastery of Jokic and Murray did the Miami Heat in in game three. All the pressures on Miami. How do you see game four tonight? Well, Jordan, um, the key, in my opinion, um, you know, Spolstra is a hell of a coach, Eric Spolstra. And I think for the Miami Heat to have a puncher's chance in this, they have to stop Jamal Murray. Like, you're not going to stop Jokic. He's going to get his. He's the best player in the world right now. Understand that. But if they could limit Jamal Murray offensively, kind of take him out of the ball game a little bit, they have a fighting chance. Um, I don't see that happening. I think after watching game three, they looked a little mentally defeated, in my opinion. I don't know why they just won game two in a row. But mm-hmm. I, I think they, that game two is the only game that the Heat can win in this series. And I think I think it's over for them. I, I think Denver goes down there. They're too much. They go go down there to Miami and, and get another 15-point win. So I, I like the Nuggets in game three. Nuggets in game four. That would put them up. Game uh, four, excuse me. Yeah, that would put them up three games to one heading back to Denver. Ouch. Uh, yeah. James, your thoughts on game four and the series tonight? I think when it comes to game four, I mean, this is basically a last-ditch effort for the Miami Heat because if they lose and go down 3-1 to one, like George oh, predicts, over. I mean, it, it's over at that point because yeah. I don't believe yeah. that Miami can win three games in Denver, I, especially with no one else being able to do it, Miami doing it three times in the same series after going down 3-1. I just can't see it. So th- I think they win tonight to keep themselves within range, but I think the rest of the way you see Denver handle business in either six or seven. Yeah, all the pressure. Um, they've got to bring everything, leave everything yep. out on the court tonight to have a chance. The only way Miami can win is for their uh, role players to contribute. Martin has to play better. Uh, Struess has to play better. 
uh, all of the a Porter has to play better. Those guys have to come up with that one game where everything clicks, like you saw against uh, Milwaukee, like you saw at times against Boston. Hasn't really happened yet in this moment in this series. Is tonight the night? I think it is tonight. I think I think Miami okay. evens the series at two two. But Denver's winning this thing. They just got too much. They're too good. That that Joker, Jokic. I combined Jokic and Joker and made it Joker. <laughs> uh, that's crazy. Um, I, I like it. He, cool, he's man. too good. He's that should good. catch on. He's too good. I gotta ask you this, okay? So Zion's back in the news. So what am I supposed to think? He's got he's exp- he and his significant other are expecting a baby girl, and then some other lady comes out and starts talking about, well, I was just with you and this. What, I mean, Zion, what are we doing? It's well, always Jordan, bad, negative news with him. Well, Jordan, I'll say this, man: it, it's now evident that Zion makes bad decisions in multiple rooms of the house. It was clear he made bad decisions in the kitchen. Now he's making bad decisions in other parts of the house. Like, 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 come on, dude. You're number one of the overall draft pick. You, you're, you're a franchise player. The Pelicans are trying everything they can everything. to make you the franchise. Everything. And this is what you do. This is why you're in the news. Like, you, like you can't even get on the court. But this is why you're in the news. Come on, bro. I need you to control your life. His people around him are failing him. No clearly. doubt. Like, like who, who's his, who's his mentors? Who's giving him advice? You know, it's terrible. He, he's got to do better. James, and even I started laughing when one <laughs> of the people that is accusing him of, she is the one that's saying she's helping get him get into basketball shape. What? <laughs> she's not good. Oh either. <laughs> man, it's just that's a whole different mess, and ah, uh, I just. Uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna condemn him for it because it's like he's still very young. He's younger than me, so I'm not gonna like condemn him for anything. But it's like you know, that's just that's just so goofy. Like how do, how do you put yourself in that type of situation? You don't mess up the money. In, you don't mess get, up the money, and he's messing him up the in money. basketball shape. Come on, Zion. Come on, dude. And of course, I had people. Well, he looks like he's in great shape. Like, shut up. Stop it. Anyway, okay, I, I just I, I I don't get it. I really don't get it. Uh, the Belmont. Does anybody care about the Belmont Stakes? Yeah, you know, we got these wildfires in Canada. This thing may not even take place, but we got to talk about it. It's yeah. Saturday, George. Did you even know the Belmont Stakes was being run? I absolutely knew the Belmont Stakes. Was yeah, being run. and well, I'm hoping I'm hoping that the smoke doesn't doesn't mess it up. But if it takes place. Archelangelo is winning. Archelangelo, okay. Archelangelo will win this. He's at eight to, eight to one, but that's my champ. Book it. We, we haven't been close to winning any of these things, <laughs> but but okay. Well, look, if you say even the trash can gets a steak, a, a broken clock is right Archang- twice You say Archangelo, okay, that's great. Um, James Mesh, blind horse, you give fine. me a winner. <laughs> Blind horse finds water every once in a while. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I, I guess if I had to go with one, I'll go with Angel of Empire. I wanted to go with Forte or Hit Show or one of the others or like National Treasure, but I, I'm going to go with Angel of Empire. It's got solid odds. It's not too, too high of being the favorites, but it's not the 30-to-1 odds that you see with Il Miracolo 
Right. So uh, yes. I, I think it's a solid middle ground, and I like the name. Uh, my boy Michael Bakeshock liked, liked Hit Show, and he liked Tappet Trice. I'm going to go with the horse that was favored to win the Kentucky Derby and had to scratch. He hasn't run in a while. He'll be fresh. Give me Forte. Is it Forte or Fort? I don't know. F-O-R-T-E. I'm going to say like Forte to me. I'm going to say Forte and, and go from there. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Um, we hadn't talked since the SEC couldn't couldn't decide on a nine-game conference schedule. They're going to stay with eight games again. I hate it. What? Give me your thoughts, George. Well, Jordan, it is you got to make it even. You added two more teams. You have to break this thing up into four regions, in my opinion. You don't, you know, you can keep it at eight games if you like, but I need less divisional games and and another an outside game from each other division. You know, so I'd like to see him do something like that. I don't like the East and the West as currently constructed um, because you got too many powerhouses in the same division. Uh, I'd like to see a little bit more competition, maybe like a little round-robin tournament for uh, – for the top four at the end of the season, but that's just me. Okay. All right. Take well, one less game out, have an extra your, championship title. I like it. Your opinion. All right. James Mesh, eight games, nine games. Did they make a mistake? I mean, I would have definitely rather them do the nine game schedule, but I also would have rather them do a nine, have like your, you still have to play like two power fives. And then that leaves that one extra one. You can still have your one cupcake. You can play at the beginning of the season as your tune-up or whatever. But here on out, you play some actual competition. I would have rathered that. But, I mean, I guess for right now, we'll just have to settle with the eight games. I think they made a huge mistake. In my perfect world, in my perfect world, you play ten conference games. Okay. You play one Power five non-conference game. And then you play one game within your state lines and you help out. Uh, a team make their athletic budget. Well, what they charge for tickets and parking passes and and um, Tiger Athletic Foundation fees and all that stuff, it's a small fortune. You got to give better games. How many people do you actually think are going to be in Tiger Stadium when LSU plays, and no offense, but when they play Grambling State? Seriously, it's going to be 900 oh. degrees outside. Who's going to do that? See, I'm with you. I would I would have one caveat to that. Every other conference has to do the same thing. I'm f- okay. Okay. You know what I mean? Because you know, you know I don't want to see. You know who makes that decision? When the NCAA, college football playoff yeah. committee goes, okay, strength the schedule's everything, and your schedule stinks because right. you're playing eight games, you're playing two cupcakes. No, we're not going to let three of your right. teams from your conference into our 12-team tournament. We're not going to do it. That's the only now, way that gets solved. Now, if, if they do that, I'm on board with it. I just hate to see the level of competition that these SEC go, teams go through, and then somebody like USC is played nobody, and they get to the playoffs, and they're not a fresher because they hadn't gone through this gauntlet of a schedule. You know what I mean? Like, Well, James, I'd like James to see you know so- – you know, some of these schools, they aren't LSU and Alabama and Georgia. Right. Some of these schools, you get to six wins, you, you're bowl eligible, you give your coach a pay raise. That's the <laughs> yeah. problem. Yeah, that, that, that's what happens sometimes is 
the expectations are on completely different levels depending on the conference and depending on the program sometimes. Yeah. That's why I keep saying there's going to become one super conference eventually. And the Vanderbilts yeah. and the Missouris are going to go bye-bye. And some of these and, – and you're going to take the best teams from the Big Ten, the best teams from the Pac-12, the best teams from the Big Ten, Big 12, the best teams from the SEC and the ACC. And you're going to have 50 teams or so, and you're going to, you're going to play games like that. Well, I mean, if you think about it, if, with the playoff at 12 teams and you're making the strength of, strength of schedule, football-wise, you might not even need a conference. Now, the other sports of the conference are important, yeah. but if you really, everybody's nationally televised, you, you, you pick a schedule, strength of schedule is important. I don't think, yeah. you know, at I, some I, point you may not need one. I will not be appreciated till well after my time, but before my time, there's going to be a college football commissioner. There's going to be one big 50 league team that's going to have its own television deal, and they're going to make so much money, it's going to be ridiculous. But that's just my thoughts, and I've, I've been wrong before, but don't bet against me. Don't bet against me. George McNell, thank you. As always, have a great weekend. James Mesh, thank you as well. Uh, we got to come back and. Um, a former New Orleans Hornet is celebrating a birthday today. He could shoot from outside. I'll just tell you that much. We'll tell you who it is next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. And for ShopRite Tobacco Plus discount outlets, Ducks, Eon of Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville by the Louisiana Lottery, D.C.'s Little Capital Exxon, Demco, and Asian Chef. Here's three pieces of advice to live by. Never play cards with a guy whose last name is a steak. Don't spit into the wind. And always listen to the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, another fun-filled Friday. Special thanks to our guest, Anthony Renato, the former Tiger All-American pitcher. His thoughts on LSU-Kentucky, Larry Holder, all things NFL and the New Orleans Saints. George Faust on the latest with the Ragin' Cajuns and Acadiana. And George Becknell and James Mesh with our fearless, fearless Seldom right, but fearless picks once again. If today, June 9th, is your birthday, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. He, uh, he, he was terrific as a college basketball analyst for years and years and years. Happy 84th birthday to Dick Vital. I hope you're doing well, Dick. And um, yeah, thanks for all the good times we spent together. Really, really enjoyed that. And a former New Orleans Hornet, part of their Great team when they had Chris Paul and Tyson Chandler and David West. Happy 46th birthday to the outside shooting Peja Stoyakovich. What a good dude he was. Nice as can be. And uh, could really shoot. Of course, made his name when he was with the Sacramento Kings. So anyway, James Mesh, thank you for all you do. Thanks to all of you for listening in. Thanks to our partners. We couldn't do it without you. Um, hope you have a great Friday, even better weekend. Come on back Monday, same time, 2 to 4. Same great station, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Until then, I'm Jordy Helpert. Stay thirsty, my friends. Do everything you can to stay healthy. Let's be kind to one another and be happy. Up next.
crunch time with Miguez and Mesh. Have a great weekend, everybody. So long.